All right. We are live. Sorry about being a little bit late, ladies and gentlemen. Just working on some technical things on the back end. Very happy to be here with you one more time. It is Monday, June 14th. I think it's, is it, is it Trump's birthday today? I'm not sure. It's close to one of these days. Um, welcome, everybody. I have a really, really good show. Very important stuff we're going to be talking about today. Uh, glad to be here with you again. Man, it's a whirlwind out there. There is so much stuff happening. My inbox is blowing up big time. I'm getting contacted by so many different people that are sharing some truly fascinating information with me about all these different subjects. I've been having offline chats with people, um, and it seems like there's something changing in the wind. I don't know what you guys feel. Let me know uh, what you're thinking in the chat, where in the world you're watching from today. Uh, very glad to be here. We are on Twitch, DLive, Rockfin, and let me just check on the foxhole. We should be live on the foxhole. Yes, we are. Shout out to the foxhole. How are you all doing over there? Good to see you. Um, so I hope you all got to catch the interview that I did I guess a couple of weeks ago now with Rob from the Canadian police organization called police on guard for Thee. such an important interview. Um, it's short and sweet, so it's very easily shareable. You can get it on all my backup channels, rumble, BitChute, Um, of course, all the channels that we're on here, Podbean as well. Uh, you can always get my stuff on Podbean, even going all the way back. Podbean has never censored me. So, um, oh, and it is Trump's birthday. Happy birthday to president Trump. Um, so you can get everything there. You can get it on iTunes, but really important information to share because we need, we need the people that are in the public service, uh, roles, the police, the military. Um, uh, there seems to be a lot coming out about many different issues and subjects. And my guest today, centrist servant, um, he's an anonymous blogger that I'm very excited to introduce you to. He and I have had some very, very interesting in-depth conversations offline about all the goings on, about the uh, the audit situation, um, what kind of security there is for that. It seems to be that there's some threat of them wanting to get in there and uh, shut that down. And I don't blame them, to be honest, because there seems to be a lot of things coming out about that. Simultaneously to that, there's all the stuff going on with the G7 summit. I'm sure you guys have seen all these photos where uh, they're all claiming that they're following guidelines and being socially distant. And of course, these are all the leaders of the countries that are uh, imposing these draconian laws against their citizens, um, yet they don't seem to be following their own directives. And this has been a trend that I've been noticing, and I know many of you have been noticing this entire past year or so now, where it's one law for thee, but not for me. Um, and they've been getting caught all over the place. Now even um, Sky News in Australia has been catching them on this. Um, and so much is coming out in that regard. I think this pandemic is already flopping big time. Uh, another massive UFC event that just took place this past weekend, sporting events all over the place. Did you guys catch that soccer player that just collapsed uh, randomly? Um, people have been sending me all kinds of stuff like this. CNN is trying to say, oh, no, he wasn't vaccinated. He didn't get the shot. Yet uh, people in his own country and the whole team are saying something different. So that's kind of an interesting story. Uh, more and more is coming out about this all over the place. And I almost don't even know where to begin except to introduce today's guest. And then we can get through a lot of this. There's also all this stuff going on with critical race theory. Really important that we discuss this. Um, good to see a lot of the school boards being 
basically taken back by parents who are just, they've had enough of this garbage being taught to their kids. It's dividing people. It's dividing people. It's not healing wounds. It's not about shining lights on issues. This is an agenda. And anybody that knows their politics and their history and has any common sense and has been following this can see right through it. And so um, it's good to see that this is starting to, again, get pushed out um, even into the mainstream, that we need to expose this and look at it for what it really is. This is a divide and conquer strategy. And um, I've been having some conversations with our guests today about this and some of the ideas that he has uh, about that. But let me get into this. Let me just show you uh, this gentleman's website. He's got a blog. You can check him out at centristservant.com. Um, I'll let you read through the site. He's got basically a declaration uh, renaming the delusion. He's got a PDF download. Um, he's got a blog here and uh, he's also got a contact. And I just found that after having these conversations with him, he's very informed. He's a patriot. He's fighting for freedom. And I'm very excited to have him on to discuss these topics with me today. So without further ado, let me bring him on to the channel. There he is. CS, welcome to Truth Warrior, my friend. We've done this offline. I'm so happy to be able to do this online. And I'm hoping we can um, get into a lot of these subjects and get your thoughts on it. And then maybe even do a call to action uh, for those that are working behind the scenes, um, people in government, people in police and military, anywhere possible that can we can uh, we can try to get something going to keep this information coming out and uh, to find solutions to these problems. Because, man, I'm living in Canada right now and I'm very concerned and uh, there needs to be something happening in these regards, as I'm sure you feel where you are in the States. So anyways, welcome to the show. I'm very happy to have you here, brother. David, thank you so much. Um, look forward to, uh, to our conversation and I, uh, I can't wait to uh, get something going. So without further delay, let me, uh, let me know whatever questions you have for me and I'd love to answer them for you. Sure. Well, let's maybe just start off with what you're able to share. Cause I know the situation that you're in, what you're able to share about your background, what led you to building the site, writing the blog. We'll kind of get into your background a little bit, and then um, maybe we'll just start with some of the news coming out about the audits and, and, and whatnot. And what, basically, I'm here in Canada, you're in the US. Let's compare notes and we'll see um, what we've been looking at and, and maybe we've got some ideas of some solutions that we could be applying here. So maybe just a little bit about your background would be good. Absolutely. Uh, so I am a police officer somewhere in the United States. And the reason for the anonymity is obviously um, it could be misconstrued as insubordination by my department. Um, I could, you know, all of a sudden become in the crosshairs of who who knows um, uh, and what they might do to me or people that I know. So it's best just for me to operate on the sidelines for now, just show clarity with other officers out there. Um, and not even just other 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 patriots worldwide um, that are experiencing things that and uh, I suppose what, what led me uh, undertake this endeavor was during the George Floyd's along along with the uh, the, the the global pandemic as it was unfurling and this was about a year ago, and um, the rapidity of how how quickly this all just started to transpire 
uh, it just looked absolutely what was going on. And I saw hmm. writing on the wall. And I said, if I don't do this, I'm going to do it. And if not now, then. And so here we are. Um, it's a little, a little more um, trying to trot uh, as much as I can. And obviously, I have a full time job, so I can't get as much time as I want. But um, I'm always on guard uh, and trying to fight, fight the good fight just as you are. Oh, absolutely. And I appreciate you sharing that. And, um, I've really gotten a lot out of our chats and it's so good for me to see people coming from within the police, especially, uh, who are awake to this, who are patriots, who are seeing what's going on in their country. And I'm getting contacted by police in the UK, in Canada, in the U S in, uh, in some other places around who are feeling rather isolated and alone, but it does feel like the more I look into this and talk to these people that there are a lot more people awake within the police than uh, we might be aware of. What's your feeling about that wherever you are, just in the States in general? Do you have a feeling about how many other officers are out there, such as yourself, that are awake, at least to the fact that they're being told to violate their constitutional oaths and the, their oath to basically serve the public? Um, do you feel like there is sort of a groundswell awakening taking place in the police right now? I don't know if you can still hear me. Are you there? Well, it looks like we may have lost his audio just, for a second here. Oh, there we go. I, I heard okay. a little you can hear bit me now? of that. It cut out, unfortunately. Oh, okay. Yeah, so hmm. I'll, I'll just go off say, because you wanted to get a sense of how many other officers there are out there. You right. know, all the officers in my department and some neighboring departments, but, uh, you know, there is an intuition that uh, the kinds of people kind of line of work. Um, um, more often than not, there's uh, a kind of thread that, that goes, um, so I am encouraged by some of the th things that I've seen. And in other ways, I am discouraged. Um, you know, the, the out there wants to know what you're going to do when the time comes, right? And everybody's up up against the wall and, right. and the reality is that there there always will who are just going to do what daddy government do and they're going to a lot will not much do it for that but they'll do it you know for the for the paycheck and obviously to a degree we understand but there's always got to be a line in the sand and Stand up right. and say, I violate a, a law that's in contradiction uh, to the Constitution, and I won't. And, and um, you know, if, we, if you want to go to court, that's fine by me. Um, there's a lot of people are afraid there yet, and I already know that my anonymity is, 
is going to go sooner. At this point, I've, uh, I kind of care. Uh, I think I'm kind of getting a little bit of traction. And it goes down. That's, in a sense, my insurance policy. I want to say that there, there, there are a lot of good people out there and they're, they're fighting the good fight, but you have to understand that the understand this. And so is, uh, of course, divide and conquer. Uh, so they, they That's got right, yeah. uh, someone like George Soros to install as many D in major cities as possible. Right. Obviously what, what does that do? It demoralizes you can arrest you want, but if they're coming out and they're actually coming after the, cops now criminally and civilly if it is possible that obviously demoralizing effect uh and then of course you see the cities defunding police wherever they can this also has a, a demoralization factor We're seeing is good good cops are leaving and and in droves by the way so we're hemorrhaging just my department it's all departments to one degree or another. And, and that's so largely, leaving, is that largely due to a lack of different funding? jobs or kind of kicking the can be a smaller department, but it, this is Trent. Hmm. Yeah, and, and the fact that we're being targeted and it's very obvious that we're being targeted. Um, you know, the DAs and things like that, they're coming after us because we're in the way, right? We're in the way of the, 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 the it's police, it's patriots. Those are the people that in a way, And they know they can't do what they want to do until they get people like stalling their own little storm. Yeah, that's exactly. that seems. I mean, they don't they don't care. They don't care about that. Don't don't don't. Get, they're more than happy to their own own to be as as brutal as humanly there. It's just a convenient scapegoat that they love to use. It's there. Right, right. Um, and that's, yeah, that's so important for people to get. I just want to say, CS, your your connection seems to be going in and out pretty hard. Um, I don't know. Can you hear me okay on your end? Yeah, I think yeah. his connection's uh, pretty choppy. Can you I hear can me? some of the time. Uh, okay. But it, it's in and out. It cuts out. I have no idea. How okay. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna heavy, I'm gonna heavy message. Delay. Yeah, I think it's just because of the connection. I'm gonna switch you off here. I'm gonna send a message over to Pat to help you out with maybe switching the browser and we'll see if we can get a better connection for you. Um, because I really want people to hear what you have to say in this conversation. So let's just uh we'll put this on pause for a minute here. I've got some other stuff I'm going to cover. I got actually a video I want to show people about something going on in Canada. Um, but let's just, let's do that for now. So we'll be back with CS in a moment here. We'll see if we can get a better connection for them. Uh, let me just do this. Okay. So Pat, if you're listening, I'm just going to send you a quick message. Um, and let's see if we can try a different approach here to get a better connection. Uh, Hold on, guys. Bear with me. Okay. All right. We're going to try that. And in the meantime, my apologies, guys. We're, we're trying to do this the best we can um, with what we got. 
it's also Mercury retrograde, so who knows, but um, we'll see if we can get him back. For those of you who are listening that immediately get your hackles up about any police officer coming out and speaking about this, um, I think we have to really start to think deeply about the situation that we're in and whether or not we want to just throw mud in the direction of, I, I understand there's a lot of people out there that are very frustrated with the policing that they're seeing happen. And I get that. I'm frustrated. All right. But we have to make sure that we don't become what we hate and start putting everybody in one big giant basket. I hope we can agree on that. I hope you can see the value in building a bridge to the good men and women that are in the police, the military, everywhere. We're human beings. And a lot of people went into these services to follow their oath, to serve their communities, to uphold justice. Did it turn out to be that? Well, now it seems like they're getting, well, not seems like they are getting ordered to violate those oaths. But that doesn't mean we, the public, and I'm just going off a few comments that I noticed here. That doesn't mean we, the, we, the public just immediately put everybody in one basket and start hurling mud at them. We need to start building relationships and understanding what's really going on behind the scenes and supporting those who are brave enough to stand up and say something and start talking about this instead of just making these generalizations. So I just want to say that, that I personally, if you're in the police or military or government or medical industry or whatever, it's not too late to come on to the good side, onto the right side and be on the right side of history here. It's not too late and it is essential that you do, all right? Um, and we have to, as the public, make a space for that to happen. Uh, because if we just build walls between each other like this and just go, oh, well, they're in the police or they're in the game, we, we've been getting abused, I totally see it. But it's not everybody. And we need to find a way to build this bridge. And that's my goal. That's why I did that show with Police on Guard for Thee. I thought it was a very good interview and more and more of these people are coming out and we're going to see it continue and we have to create space for that. Otherwise, it's just war. And trust me, we don't want that. We don't want that. We have to, we, we watch too many movies and I don't think we understand the reality of what happens if we just refuse to continue having these dialogues and conversations. All right. So that's what I'm here to do. I'm here to build a bridge of communication between those who are brave enough to stand up and speak out in the way that they can to bring the truth to the public about what's happening. And um, so that's where I stand. I'm not a defund the police. I'm not anti that. I just want to make sure that we have a good conversation. So I hope you guys can agree with me on that. Um, do, now, as I say that, I'm going to show you a clip of bad police action. Uh, because we need to see both sides of this. And the problem with this system is that it's compartmentalized to such a degree that, I mean, maybe back in the day, everything came from a military set setup. So you have a, you have a, uh, basically, you know, the orders come down this compartmentalized pyramid structure down by the time you get to the average police officer out there or military officer out there. They're literally just following orders and doing what they're told. And you'll have different groups. You'll have the ones that get into policing or into those industries for the wrong reasons. Um, and then you'll have the ones that get in for the right reasons. And then you'll have the ones that get in for the right reasons, but 
are easily swayed to just hold the line and do what they're told and not question and not stand out and not resist um, because they are there to it's self-preservation. They want to preserve their reputation, their career, their job, um, all those things. So we understand that. But we do need to have the return of true warriorship and character. It does need to come back again. And um, the way that we do that is by, you know, extending a hand to try to help educate and, and build that bridge. Um, and so if we're, if everybody's just following orders all the time, <laughs> then the government can just do whatever it wants. And it's got the minions to serve its ends, even if it contradicts any of the oaths that were sworn or any of these things. And I've had many guests on to speculate as to why this is, is happening in the level that it is. Um, but this is why I'm making the appeal to those that are serving in the police and military to do a gut check and join people like us who are trying to show all of you that you're not alone and build that bridge and put our heads together and try to come up with some ideas as to how we can actually work together to get out of this mess. Because clearly the government is not motivated at all to reverse these policies, to change or apologize or come out and admit they were wrong, or obviously they're not going to do that. It's not what criminals do. Um, so that's going to have to come from the people on the inside that do have a conscience and do want to actually serve their oath and, and do what's right. Um, I see CS is back in here. So, you know what, let me just test this out and see if we can get a better connection here. Hey brother, welcome back. Let's see. How's that work? Can you hear me? Okay. How's the audio working? Okay. Yeah. Your connection's definitely better. Yeah. Let's, let's try this. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. So I'm not sure you probably didn't catch much of that. Um, so CS, I'm just telling you here that we've got a mixed bag in this community that I'm in. Okay. So I'm in sort of the alternative research community, if you want to call it like that. And there are people who are like myself, who are open-minded, who are trying to build bridges and who are supporting uh, police and military and doctors and anybody that wants to come from within the inside to expose the information that they have and to serve the cause of freedom and the constitution, et cetera. Uh, but then you have the others that are just like, nope, you know, we've seen too many abuses. It's beyond saving. Uh, and they're pretty much in a state of feeling hopeless. And I think that that starts to feed in to the agenda of these globalists that have infiltrated all of our countries, top to bottom, through the banking system, the media, the politics, et cetera. And um, they're, they're, the division factor is what they want. And so what would you say as somebody that, I, I mean, first of all, I'd like to know how long you've been in the service, if you don't mind my asking. And um, what was it that motivated you to serve in the police force? Uh, I'm assuming you wanted to get in there to serve your community and and uh, serve the cause of justice, but I don't want to speak for you. What was it that motivated you to to get into the role of serving in the police? You know, some things are ineffable. Uh, some people have asked me similar questions. And to that, I say some things are ineffable in the sense that um, they can't really be explained through words. Like some people just have an affinity for certain things. And ever since I was a child, I've always gravitated towards military, towards police, towards, you know, doing something along those lines. And so I've followed that for, for most of my life. Um, in one form or another, I've been in law enforcement for about 20 years. Um, in my current iteration, it's been um, a little less than that. I don't want to 
specify an exact uh, timeline because then it would be easier for them to track me down, figure out who I am. Um, but um, yeah, so I would say some things are just, some people are just suited for certain things. And I, I, I feel like it was a calling and I pursued it. Uh, these days, I, I question <laughs> why I do it, but uh, I still believe that there's still a good fight to fight and it's worth it. And uh, that's why I that's why I created this, really. I try to reach out and try to find good people such as yourself wherever I can find them. And I respect that. And I respect what you do. I've been on many ride-alongs myself. I, I always tell people they should do that um, just to understand the reality of, of what kind of a world we really do live in. And we can get to the causes as to how things got to be this bad, but um, it's not all ponies and rainbows out there, folks. And what I hear you saying is that you answered that warrior's call. Um, I felt that in me as a youngster as well. I was always more inclined towards, this is what I think got me into the martial arts. Um, I, I wanted to be a police officer growing up because I idolized the position of, of, you know, wanting to serve my community, wanting to serve justice. I, I, I don't want to see bad people win. I don't want to see the, the, I don't want to see evil roaming the streets. I don't want to see the criminals, you know, haunting every street corner. And I didn't want to see that. And I wanted to do something about it. Um, and I speak to many police that have that same feeling as, you know, Hey, it's a great career, but they got into it for a bigger purpose. And I can only hope and pray that there are so many others just like yourself and such as Rob and all these police that I've been speaking to personally that feel exactly the same way. And so now I'm in the position of trying to communicate this to my audience to say, Hey guys, I know we're seeing a lot of abuses of humanity out there on the part of police because they're following these orders and there's, there's a lot of bad apples that get in the mix. And as you say, a lot of the good police are either just leaving cause they just can't stomach doing it. Um, or are, they're getting defunded and they're choosing other careers and it's creating a vacuum where you're just having these other people come into those positions who aren't really right for the job. Um, that's kind of where we left off. Did you have anything more you wanted to share with people about how that works? Well, to speak to that uh, a little more in depth, I've seen so many people leaving the force, um, either going to some other agency, you know, maybe smaller, but really they're just kicking the can down the road. You know, they're just trying to kind of survive uh, from day to day. Um, but it's really not going to serve them well in the long run. And so lately what we've been seeing is we're losing an average of, uh, 12 bodies a month. And, um, of course that's just your, your average. So some months are worse than others, right? Some months are 30, some months are seven, but on average, and that's just in your months. area, like just where you're at. Correct. And along with that, so that that's your retirements, um, people that are retiring the second they can, um, or people that just said, no, I, I can't do it. They're, they're going to try to come after me. So I need to get out of here. I need to do what's you know right for my family. Um, and so that's all with no new academy classes. They've completely stopped that and they've held the city hostage. And when I say they, I mean like city council, city manager, mayor, things like that. They finally said, okay, we will give you, um, we will give you a new, academy class, but it's going to be on our demands. 
And so instead of um, instead of growing a pair, uh, the higher ups in my chain of command just kind of are taking it and taking it and taking it and not doing anything to really stand up for the profession or for themselves. I mean, at the, at the end of the day, they're going to have to look at themselves in the mirror, not, not me. They're going to have to look and be disgusted. But that's neither here nor there. The, the, the issue is that it came with so many conditions that it, the juice ain't worth the squeeze. So, for instance, they said, we will give you this, this academy class, but you will have X amount that are black. You will have X amount that are female. You have X amount that are uh, Hispanic, Asian. Um, and so they went around. All right, first of all, it's going to be hard to find anybody that wants to do this job, especially in this time. This is unprecedented. So, yeah. you, so right there, you're, you're, you're cutting the numbers in dramatically. And then on top of that, now you have to find a, a smaller and smaller segment of society to try to represent a much larger um, segment. So, for instance, now they've managed to get more more minorities on board, which is great in you know in theory, but that that shouldn't be your goal. Your goal shouldn't be that, right? Your goal should be finding great cops, whether they're black, whether they're Hispanic, whether they're female. It doesn't matter. That's right. But if you're making this the only focus or the main focus, well, you're just shooting yourself in the foot because now we have to question what kind of what what's the quality of, of the candidate, and they are additionally making it so watered down, and so I, I we all fear what these what these people are going to be like. They're not going to understand going out there. They're not going to have the kind of hands on. I mean, you got to think quick out there. Uh, you can't be, you know, you, you you have to be very deliberate in what you're doing. You have to think very quickly on your feet. And so I, we're all concerned about the quality that we're going to be getting. And then on top of that, they're shoved all this CRT training. And it's recently come to my attention that the uh, all supervisors have recently come out with or had had to take this class that uh, is, of course, centered around critical race theory. Uh, they had to sign a non-disclosure agreement, non-disclosure agreement, just to go take the course. They're like, well, what are we not disclosing? If we don't even know what, what why would we have to sign an NDA? That's weird. Yeah, so that is weird. we really get it. So they're like, all right, whatever, fine. They sign it, they get in. And I mean, it's just dripping from top to bottom with just poisonous, poisonous, uh, uh, racist, quite honestly, absolutely racist nonsense, um, divisive. And uh, they forced everybody to kind of stand up and raise their right hand and say, I I'm, you know, officer or corporal or sergeant or whatever, lieutenant so-and-so, and, -so, and I, I am a racist. And that's that's how you pass wow. the class. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, You pass and, the class by saying, by admitting yeah, you're something. Oh that you're God. not. Yeah, all all to appease the the gods to sacrifice the uh, sacrifice on the altar of political correctness. What exactly? I mean, who who cares? Oh, I didn't pass the class. What does this class even mean? It doesn't mean anything. It's meaningless. But here's the problem. Here's what I, we're concerned about. First of all, why are we signing an NDA? Are you not interested in um, uh, 
disclosing and shining a bright light on if this is such a problem and such a blight in our society, wouldn't you want right. to shine a bright light on it? Now it's because yeah. they know it's fucked up what they're doing. It's wrong. It's immoral. They know, but in this way, now they can sue you civilly if uh, if you leak it to the press or whatever. Pretty smart in an underhanded way. But the other problem is so those rooms. Uh, those rooms are designed for like cadet classes. And so they are wired from top to floor with audio and video. Really, really good. So some of us were surmising, okay, that's all being filmed and recorded. Well, who's to say that these people who have nothing to do with law enforcement, by the way, aren't going to get a hold of this audio and video and turn it over to the district attorney and say, look, on this date and time, officer so-and-so admitted that he's a racist. He said that at this class. They don't need to offer any context, like everybody else was saying it, kind of obligatory. Yep. And they've you got it on audio. Yeah, DA's going to run with it. We already had uh, an assistant DA who was caught. Uh, uh, some emails were leaked about how they were going searching for any uh, any any potential lawyers that would help take the position. And you know, the subject line was like, "Help us." arrest cops basically and they've done everything in their power to not do what they're supposed to be doing right you're supposed to be prosecuting criminals and they're not and they're coming after police i mean this is just i i, I can't even imagine what it's like in, in in canada right now i know it's uh a little worse than than what's going on going on here but this is the same game this is the same game plan and we got to we got to come together. I mean, I mean, that's really why you and I are talking, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. we we're in different countries, but we're facing the same exact ideological enemy, and they are powerful and they are very motivated, and they've played a long game strategy. And if it wasn't so sick and diluted, I would have to say it's impressive to the level of commitment that they've shown. So that's well, it's, kind it's, of where we're at and, and at the moment. So. Yeah. Oh my, I'm so glad. And thank you for sharing that. And, um, it, it's asymmetric warfare as, as we were talking about, this is infiltration. This is, um, this is what you do. You go in and you switch out the guards at the gate with your guards. Mm -hmm. And this is Trojan horse style infiltration. And this is an age old tactic that has been used all throughout history. And this is how you get your people in. This is, I can, we could sit here all day listing endlessly the examples of how this has been done to topple um, different, you know, aspects of society in different countries and then take over the country from within. This is just a blueprint that we're seeing. And I think everybody's just here in the West uh, are, are shocked at just how right in front of our eyes we're watching this happen. But like in Canada, We've never had anything like this happen that anybody knows about. We've never had to fight a big war in order to break away from the crown. We worship the crown here. Everybody loves the queen. Everybody thinks it's all honky-dory. And um, we have no idea the level that uh, these types of people can go to. And so we've seen it a lot in the education system here in Canada. I know you guys are seeing it a lot in the States as well. 
But to hear about this level of it going into the police departments, it's all starting to make sense as to what we're seeing on the streets with a lot of these um, these police that are they just have no conscience or no problem. You know, they have no idea what they're doing, and in terms of breaking the actual constitutional oaths and all that. And I was speaking to this police officer from Canada who was talking about this, how he was shocked. He's been a police officer 25 years. He's retired. And he was shocked at when he speaks to other younger officers, how little they actually know about the law and how sure. most of what they know and was taught to them has to do with political perspectives on things. And he's like, sure. oh, we're police officers. We're not supposed to be political. We're not supposed to be here to say one thing or another. We're here to literally just enforce the law. And those laws are really only supposed to be in place to be protecting, you know, good people. Um, obviously there's levels above the police department that, you know, I've gone into the legal systems and the political systems, et cetera, to manipulate those laws. But the highest law of the land is the constitution in Canada. It's the charter of rights and the bill of rights. Um, and, you know, and then there's just common sense as a human being. You're mentioning the fact that it's very divisive and it's all based around race. And I was never raised. I'm a, I'm here, a white, straight male, whatever I was raised. I was never raised to see race like that. I was raised to see human beings yeah. and merit. That's where I was raised I, in, in the martial art world. It didn't matter what racial background you came from. Didn't matter what gender you came from or, or, uh, sexual persuasion you came from or political party or religion you came from, you can either do the moves and pass the grade or you can't. And that was the only status that we ran off of. And when I meet people, I judge them by their character. I judge them by who they are as a person. I don't look at all that other stuff. I embrace that stuff. But when they start to tell people like us, oh, we're the ones who are racist, constantly pointing at that. We, we, at this point, you start to know this is not about what they're saying it's about. It's about something else. And I think you've nailed it. It's about the division strategy. And it's gone beyond just dividing people and creating uh, a bunch of tension and whatever so people can profit off of. This isn't, I feel like we're being attacked right now. We're in a war yeah. from a, a foreign enemy that has infiltrated all the ranks of our own country. So it's, a, it's an enemy that's foreign and domestic, right, at this point. And it's not, it's not using this very in-your-face kind of thing. It's gotten more so, but it's more of this asymmetric, behind-the-scenes, work on gnawing away at the culture and the roots and the, the principles of freedom and the foundation. And then it's like a, it actually is operating like a virus, and it's easily transmissible because everybody tunes into the media for all their, their news and information. And speaking of that, and feel free to address any of those points, but... There's also a lot of really bad press automatically when it comes to police officers. This is something I was speaking to a good friend of mine who's in uh, a SWAT division here in Canada. And he was saying, you know, the level of stuff that they have to do to keep our neighborhoods secure, especially at, when they're calling in SWAT, he's like, it would blow people's minds what we see on a daily basis. Um, and yet the media takes one instance of something completely out of context, puts it up, blows that out of proportion and inflames the mind of the public to again, separate them from the police who are actually just people from the community. Right. And, and then as this weeding out process happens, you get a lot of bad apples in the mix, but in general, the media seems to be slanted 100% against the police. Um, have you noticed that as well? I mean, that's an understatement. The, the level of complicity 
that the media is willing to go. I mean, this is, we're talking, this is basically one homologous organism at this point. It, it, yeah. I mean, this is the same way RT whitewashes everything Russia does, right? In the same way that, um, you know, CNN, MSNBC, they're all, they're all being controlled from, from above. And yeah. um, it's so pronounced. And, you know, the other day there was a, uh, a mass shooting, uh, not too far. And uh, you'll probably, if you put your thinking caps on, probably figure out where I'm at, but I don't care at this point. Um, so there was a mass shooting uh, over the weekend. And um, one of the, the, uh, the police, uh, my department put out a, su a suspect description, like anybody would. Well, the news got a hold of that and they're, they refused to release it on the basis that it could be considered stereotypical. I said, this is exactly the problem. You, oh, you are using a descriptor as if it's a prescriptor. It's not a prescriptor. We're not saying if you look like this or, you know, this is the way you are. That's what you're basically you're saying. That. We never said that. You're saying that. This is a description of somebody. So it'll help you find them. Right. That's all it is. And I mean, this is just the, the level that they're, they're going to. And I mean, you got to ask them, well, even a year ago, you weren't, you weren't doing this and now you're, you're doing it. You know, this is a real problem. And people unfortunately are just tuning in into that. I mean, look at all the people that are absolutely terrified of COVID. I mean, yeah. you kind of can't blame them, right there. You have to, on some level, you have to look at them as victims too, because they're being victimized. They're being fed this fear porn nonstop. And it's not just with COVID, but the police, the police are just there. I mean, they are out, they are lurking. They are prowling, just trying to kill you. And some people actually believe this, unfortunately. I, I don't see how it, it seems really kind of, uh, kind of silly to me, but some people really do believe this. And they're being forced by this. It's not just, and the kids are getting it all day long in school. And then it's being validated when they're, uh, you know, at the dinner table or whatever. And their parents are telling them because their parents are taking cues from the media because that's what the media does. It's supposed to report what's going on, but it doesn't. It's just reporting what they want you to know or what they want you to think. Bullshit. Well, and it's gone also into the to the pop culture too, right? Through the music industry, Hollywood, the celebrities, and everybody's doing all their all their managers are telling them, you know, tweet this and talk about this because this is what's trendy now. And then all the kids, the young people, they look at it and they worship these people, and they get all their cues from these people, and then it creates a total shift in the narrative in the consciousness of the public because everybody's tuning into all these different outputs that are all controlled by the same people that have the same agenda. It's crystal clear. And, um, and then someone tunes into CNN, they see this shooting, they hear about the descriptor, the media inflames the tension, uh, between people. And it, it, it to me, it's so obvious, but to the average person that's hopelessly enslaved to their television, it's it's like trying to pull teeth in order to try to break this down for them, unfortunately, because the propaganda is that powerful. Yeah, and you see one reinforcing the other, and so yeah. there's this constant self reinforcement from from different sectors, and uh, 
I mean, look at big business. Big business is just as complicit. They're, they're the ones funneling money into this because make some money. I mean, they don't care. Um, and it just grows. I mean, look at uh, look at how many people identify as you know transgender now versus you know five years ago versus ten years ago. I mean, it used to be exceedingly, exceedingly rare, and now because it's just kind of shoved in their face, it's kind of confusing the hell out of everybody. And they're like, "Well, maybe uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's I." It's a trend now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a, this is a trend, and one day people are gonna you know kind of look back and say, "I don't understand how we." Kind of fell for all. Hopefully, I, I, I hope, I hope we can all kind of look back and once one day say, "Man, I can you believe back in you know 2021 people were believing this? So ridiculous! How how can that even be possible?" I hope one day we have that conversation. I'm with but, you on that hope. <laughs> but if not, you know, the uh, history is written by the victors, right? Mm. And if we don't win this fight, that's not what's going to be in the history books. It's going to be, you know something far more dialectic something far more uh it's a good point pernicious yeah well this this issue um it's not new it's been here for a while it's just gotten amplified recently you mentioned that you were um you saw a lot of this stuff going down i think it was last summer with all the george floyd protests it would turn into burning and looting and all this insanity which it's just it boggles my mind how the media just gets a pass on this, um, where they were like, it's mostly peaceful. Try this. It's all good. It's just, and then, you know, they burn these cities down and they're still going terrorizing neighborhoods. And it's clearly not like black lives matter is clearly not about saving black lives. Um, Antifa is clearly not anti-fascist. They are the fascists. Uh, it's always the opposite of what they're trying to say they are, which is a very convenient place to hide. And it's not the first time this has been done. Um, but what's, what experiences did you have or how did you see that going down in the summer? The big thing that really blew my mind back then was that we were told we were in a massive earth ending pandemic comparable to the Spanish flu. And it was weird how we were allowed to say Spanish flu. That's totally cool, but you can't say China flu. Anyways, um, and we were supposed to be locked down because of this pandemic. And there were like 60 people in Kitchener, Ontario, protesting at that time, the lockdowns, like 60 people, a bunch of moms and dads and old timers getting out there with some signs and just having a peaceful demonstration. The police go and arrest everybody and fine everybody, okay, just for that. But then literally three weeks later, all of the major Canadian cities have thousands and thousands of people in the streets protesting for the George Floyd cause, right? And I'm not even here to talk about the incident itself. It's just, I thought we were in a panic. I thought we were in a pandemic. I thought getting hundreds of thousands of people around the world, all in big cities on the same day would be an earth ending event. But yet it was supported by the media and it was allowed by the media. And I remember even CNN and it was CNN Health, <laughs> quote unquote, that was coming out saying, oh, look, we got a letter signed from 100 doctors that say it's totally cool to go and protest this protest. And it's like, yeah. well, wait a minute, but we can't protest the lockdowns. So anyways, that was the thing that confused me about that. And that was a big red herring to, to, for me to know that this wasn't what they were saying it was. But then it got really freaking nuts in the capital, in some of these major cities. Did you see and experience any of this stuff? And what's your thought on how those protests turned wildly violent really, really quickly? 
Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I experienced them firsthand, unfortunately. Um, weeks, weeks on end and just blazing heat. And, uh, you know, you have this mob, this seething, frothing, spitting, hissing mob. Um, here we are, as you said, in the middle of a pandemic. Um, and I, I can't remember exactly how he phrased it, but de Blasio like was asked like, well, isn't this like, why are you allowing this to happen? Isn't this duplicitous? And he gave some, I, I wish I could remember the exact phrase, but it was so just absurd to even haven't even like, utter it out of his mouth. Like that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. You're either on board with this or you're not like it doesn't, the virus doesn't, uh, take a day off because, you know, to fight for social justice or whatever. So it's a pretty I mean, in your mind, like how you want to, how you want this to go down. Uh, it's very obvious, you know, this, this played into their hands, into their narrative. They loved it. Um, so I had, there was a lot of people. So there was a ton, obviously a ton of people there organically. Right. I mean, you yeah. know, what I saw was pretty, pretty fucked up. I, I, I wouldn't argue that the question is, what is it? What do, what do I have to do with that? Or what does the guy standing next to me have to do with that? What does any of us have to do with that? I mean, I mean what, are you, what exactly are you protesting? You're protesting this, basically the actions of this one man and you're laying this all at our feet. I mean, if that's not ironic, I mean, what, what's the reason why we find racism so odious? Because it's unfairly foisting some kind of stereotypical bullshit onto onto an entire race or, you know, based on basically one person's actions, that's, is that what we're doing? And you, you really think that you have the moral superiority in this? You think you have the moral high ground? You, you're laying this all at our feet? It's fucking retarded. It doesn't make any sense. So, <laughs> um, and then a lot of people in the crowd were, were bragging that, uh, oh, I got paid, I'm paid to be here. And they were, and that's all, that's all true. There was a, uh, a specific hotel that they were all being put up in. There are firms uh, all over the United States that um, this is all they do is they, they do these kinds of engagements. Um, they're paid. So like they pay people, they, they, yeah, they get so basically like, paid protesters. Yeah. If you go to like the website, like demand protest, um, that's just one firm. And their whole thing is to have kind of these agent provocateurs like on their payroll and they go around and try to incite whatever it doesn't, it, it could be a PR stunt. It could be this protest, but that's kind of like their bread and butter. And I mean, we're talking, they don't, they don't disclose who their benefactors are, but you can only imagine, right? It's these humongous packs that are funneling this in. And uh, actually, if you follow the money trail, uh, it's pretty obvious. Uh, there's another one like Berlin Rosen. They 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 do this too. Um, there's tons of these firms, and uh, <laughs> we we they actually may or may not have any connection to the Open Society Foundation. They may or may not. Who knows? You know, when you see pallets of bricks showing up before protests in random exactly. spots and weird things like that, did you see any of that stuff before? The protest hit just that. before before that news dropped that that, that was kind of a, a playbook elsewhere you know we just thought maybe that was antifa in this particular city no that that exact thing we we actually found it um 
some swatter SRT guys, I can't remember who, they found it, just pallets and pallets full of bricks, cinder blocks. Um, there was uh, uh, a tent, like very, very large tent filled with like shields and and uh, like spears and things like that. Um, it's like a battle encampment. Out, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. And we found out later <laughs> that it wasn't just in this, in my city, this is in many cities. So, I mean, you know, we, we already see what's going on. But recently, we just discovered this. Um, they were going through some of the city's financials, and uh, they found some ledgers where the city was um, buying gift cards and giving them to to random, random people, probably mostly homeless, uh, to try to say, hey, go, go out there and protest, and, you know, we'll give you – X amount. So they're using tax payer, tax paying dollars to protest their own police department that they pay with tax dollars. I mean, oh what, what does this, what does this tell you? I mean, how is that? I don't even know how that's, uh, that's legal. I mean, that you're, you're inciting violence because that's exactly what, what happened during these protests. Yeah, some people were just legitimately protesting grievances, which is, of course, constitutional and perfectly legal and fine. Uh, but a lot of people weren't. A lot of people seized control, took took advantage of the situation to sow as much discord as they possibly could. And uh, and by, by the way, like totally hijacked um, a lot of uh, black protesters' uh, impetus to to protest peacefully and a lot of yeah. these agitators tried to mingle in the crowd a lot of them uh were saying hey you gotta you guys have to help us like get rid of these people because they're, they're making us look bad i remember seeing videos going around about that where there were like you said just legitimate peaceful protesters there totally cool um and they were being mobbed by these antifa yeah. thugs and i'm like what how how is the media not jumping on that like <laughs> <laughs> you know, so black voices and, 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 a, and a black movement and it, while you're white but also saying that white supremacy is the worst thing you know on the planet earth i mean can you imagine the kind of hubris it takes mm -hmm. to be that duplicitous and uh, it's just it's mind-boggling it's absolutely mind-boggling and it's so patronizing the way they the way they behave well, and again, it just goes to show that there's a lot of things happening simultaneously. This is what's blowing my mind is we're not just talking about the pandemic fraud. We're not just talking about the election fraud, which we're going to get to in a minute here. Uh, we're not just talking about all these protests and the, the culture war and the race war and the gender war and all of that. Mm. Um, there's, and there's so many other things, right? It, it's all happening at the same time which tells me everything I need to know about the fact that, yes, we are under attack. There is an enemy that is using these different mechanisms through uncommon warfare strategy or asymmetric warfare strategy to infiltrate, incite violence, incite riots, um, to sway the, the determination of elections, to um, persuade government officials or blackmail them, or pay them off, or threaten them, or whatever, to uh, build in orders and laws that contradict the law of the land. Um, and it's it's one thing after another, all happening right now. And it's just starting to now heat up even more. There's, But it's heating up on both sides. 
Um, how do you feel about what's going on with these election audits? Um, you know, and regardless of how anybody favors one candidate or another in the U.S., this seems to be a very widespread assault on the process of voting in the U.S. And it seems to be coming out, but there seems to be a lot of things happening where they're trying to prevent it. I just saw, I think it was the DOJ, one of the DOJ guys come out and say that they're looking at uh, going in and and securing the audit process or something like this. Do you think they're going to uh, try to prevent this from coming out at all costs? Is this, I mean, we can go on a lot of different threads here, but what do you think about what's going on with these audits? I mean, if they do, you know, the interesting thing, even though it's all, you know, tabulated and sent federally, everybody has to remember, at least in the United States is that it's run county, county by county. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, states rights, um, generally Trump, uh, federal, federal law, right? Because we have the 10th amendment here, which, uh, leaves to states there, you know, on their own to decide how they want to proceed with something, as long as it doesn't violate constitutional law, you know, the bill of rights, um, it's left for the states to decide for themselves. And that in and of itself is one of the bill of rights. So it's the 10th amendment. And so if you, if you had these uh, thugs coming in here and these federal thugs, I, I can't imagine too many um, sheriffs and, and even police departments. And, you know, for me, that would be a huge line in the sand, right? Mm. Who are you to come take over? This is a state's process. They have every right to do this. Count ballots. Are you kidding? Like, what? Yeah. What's the big deal? If you, there's there's, there's nothing no, to hide. Really, like the way Arizona has done it is pretty impressive, right? They have everything constantly being being surveilled, right? There's no way, you know, there's no, it cuts down so much on, on any trickery, right? Because you could denude it that way and say, oh, well, you know, you just brought your henchmen in and now you're after the fact, you're supplying all these extra ballots or invalidating ballots that were, were good. Well, if you do it this way, it's pretty incontrovertible, right? So uh, this would be one way to do it. And I can't see too many people standing up for that and getting behind that. That's, that's absolute horseshit. Um, that is a, a, a massive overreach of uh, government authority. And I, I can't see too many people allowing that to happen. And if people lash out and, you know, in protest, um, so be it. And maybe I'll be there. <laughs> but yeah. you are a hundred percent right that this this is very very deep. This goes way deeper. Um, I mean, we're talking kind of Bilderberger type type deal. Um, WEF, IMF. Um, you know, even even your own uh, Prime Minister Trudeau, he called COVID, uh, you know, a blessing. But this has been an absolute blessing, so we can we can have our great reset. And uh, I mean, obviously, he wasn't the only one saying that, right? I, it, they even used the same phrase as Joe Biden. Build back better or whatever. All these yeah. Boris, they're all saying the same well, shit. They're all cut from the same cloth. That's why. Claus uh, Schwab um, and, uh, oh, God, his, uh, one of his, you know, open society and all that crap. Um yeah, they, they all called this uh, a blessing and that they need to capitalize on it. And, you know, if nothing else, the government got 
a whole lot of data points on what people are willing to put up with if you tell them to. Right? Exactly. And That's my fear. They know too much about what they can get away with now. 100%. Even if this wasn't, you know, pandemic, mm. let's say, let's say, let's say this all did unfold pretty naturally. Um, even, even with a, a lab leak, let's say, you know, it wasn't uh, planned out necessarily. But even the fact that they, they could use it after the fact and take full advantage of it, it, it doesn't make it any better, right? I mean, you're still, you're still seeing what you can get away with. And they, they got pretty far with something that's basically much ado about nothing. I'm sorry, yeah. but this is just a joke compared to what it could have been. You know, in the interim, nobody knew exactly what we had, right? It could have been as bad as Ebola. It could have been as bad as the Spanish flu. And yeah. that would have been, that would have been, you know, everybody kind of said, all right, let's suck it up for a couple of weeks. And we did that and weeks turned into more weeks. And then in the months and well over a year, I mean, they, they, they've learned so much about human behavior and what they are willing to, or what people are willing to put up with, not even by government intrusion, but just by other, other citizens using shame, shaming. Tactics. Social pressure. Yes. Yes. 100%. Because, you know, China couldn't do what it does as, as much of a behemoth and it, as um, absolutely uh, as close to Orwellian as humanly possible. Um, they still require, just like North Korea requires, a, a culture of, you know, kind of ratting people out. It needs that. It can't just do it alone. So it creates this culture where there's an incentive to rat people out and I mean, that's kind of what we have right here, you know, with these Twitter mobs and things like that. And these, uh, you know, as you said, these social pressures, um, that's really where you, where, where you get, that's really where the government kind of shines and gets a lot of its power is convincing people that they're fighting the good fight. When in fact, all they're doing is, uh, fighting for them. Yeah. They're walling up themselves in their own prison. Well, and I mean, it's so, you bring up so many good points here. If, if it was a natural event that they co-opted, or even if it was like, I'm trying to figure out what their argument's going to be, because this is all coming out now, right? So what's their defense going to be? Because if it was really just a bunch of innocent mistakes, because everybody got bad data or whatever, why the censorship? of all the experts that were warning us about exactly what's happening right now. Why allowing uh, social media companies to literally take the president of the United States off Twitter right during the election uh, about that, and then banning thousands and thousands of accounts of people who were saying, hey, this looks like a lab leak, or there looks like there's something fishy going on here, or why are they not, uh, why are they not allowing some of, some of these doctors, very eminent doctors, virologists, biostaticians, uh, you know, people that write medical journals that are coming out against these policies, against the masks, against the vaccines. Why aren't they letting their voice be heard? Why are they censoring ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine and, um, you know, all these other remedies? Why are they not getting on the news and telling people you need to start eating healthier? You need to get up in the morning and have an exercise routine here. You know what? Anderson Cooper is going to do a 30 minute warm up exercise with you before the newscast today to promote health and well being. Uh, mm -hmm. They don't do any of those things. And so sometimes it's not always what they do, it's what they don't do that informs yeah. someone like me 
but there's something bigger going on here. And now when I start pooling all this data together about all these different points of all the things that are happening simultaneously, and we didn't even get into things like the exposures with human trafficking and the border and all these types of things, but there's so many things to plug into it. And when you see nothing but people changing their stories, contradicting themselves, you know, Fauci's emails come out all over the internet and yet they're still justifying uh, the fact that he's totally just this angel golden child, um, you know, and we just see blatant contradiction after contradiction. The thing is, is they're at a point now where they're their own worst enemy, because if that keeps going, it's just waking up more people and red pilling more people by the day. You know what I mean? So that's my hope is that uh, there's an old saying that my colleague Michael Tessarian uses, which is that evil contains within it the seeds of its own destruction. Because... Mm -hmm. <clears throat> It's not built on a solid foundation. It's built on a house of lies. So eventually it's going to kill itself. It's going to eat itself because that's the end game of all of these different things, right? But so you give it enough time and it's going to play out. We're just hoping that, you know, we don't get wiped out in the process or some crazy thing happens. But um, what I see happening now is with all these exposures, the fact that they're trying to stop the audits, the fact that they didn't even want to hear people like Sidney Powell and all these other people in the beginning the fact that they censor people like me for interviewing Dr. Kerry Madej or David Martin or any of these other people, um, it, it's, it's actually helping to wake up more people. I don't think it's having the desired effect that they hope, which was, oh, if we just keep knocking these guys down and controlling the narrative, it'll keep going our way. I think given time now, the longer we've been in this position, the more people have woken up to what's happening, at least on the beginning stages of it. What do you think about that? hundred percent. Um, yeah, at first, you know, people such as yourself and myself were kind of playing whack-a-mole with, um, <laughs> things that were like, Hey, look at this, you know? Um, but the speed at which things are, are actually kind of turning around is, um, in some sense, uh, obviously very comforting, but in another sense, I, I have, I kind of have it on good authority that, uh, pretty soon I think, the, the house of cards is going to start tumbling even faster. And um, I think they're going to have to pull a pretty big maneuver to try and distract from what's going on. And, uh, you know, that might be in the form of massive power, power failures, uh, maybe disruption. I was going to ask you about this. Food supply. Is this what the cyber attacks are about? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's hard to know because, I mean, there really are bad foreign actors that are capitalizing on, I mean, they see what's happening. They see that we're absolutely weakened within, you know, and Abraham Lincoln was 100% correct that nobody can could destroy us from the outside. We would have to be destroyed from within. Um, it's hard to know, like, the level of, you know, I think it's pretty incontestable that, that China has these huge ambitions. The only, the only question is... Um, who from, you know, like, because it, it certainly seems like WHO is like working for the CCP or has people on their bankroll. Fauci certainly seems like he's on their bankroll uh, with how much he, he protects them, even at pretty uh, unreasonable. Uh, I mean, it's absolutely unreasonable, the, the level of his commitment to obfuscate and to deny any culpability. But, um, uh, you know, I, I, I wonder if we're not kind of facing three separate factions, like maybe 
Russia has their ambitions, China has their ambitions, and then this uh, a little more global uh, presence, you know, with the WEF and the, um, the UN and things like that, um, Soros and Open Society Foundation. It, it's hard to know, but um, something's going on and somebody's going to try to do something. I mean, why not capitalize on this time? Uh, the well, and they're desperate, aren't they? Because if what we're saying is true, that there's this, more people are catching on to this. They can't put out all the fires. They can't censor enough. They can't censor fast enough. There's now alternative platforms jumping out everywhere. Even we, you know, so they're, they're worried about this. They know they're losing the narrative. They're already trying to switch to climate change, like really quickly here. Um, and so if this keeps happening, or let's just say maybe all the contents of Hunter Biden's laptop just suddenly dump onto the net somewhere, or um, we get a, a, more of these Fauci emails that are really damning, or more connections between Gates and Epstein, or something massive, you know, or maybe Anthony Weiner's laptop or something, something big hits, or, or even just the election fraud, or just the, something big hits, they're going to shut down the internet or something. They have no choice. Or yeah, they're going to do something crazy to distract people from all of those other things. And it would have to be big enough to distract them. And with that being said, the way I see this hierarchy is like when we talk about the CCP party, who funded and built the CCP party into what it is? It's not just this private thing that's happening on its own. Um, these globalists, if you go back to the writings of people like Kissinger, Brzezinski, uh, many of these other top, top Fabians, um, they wrote glowing reports about China. They were in there. There was money that was going in there to build those parties up because there's no way that communism can sustain itself. It needs capitalism to do it. Um, and after Mao Zedong, they had to totally rebuild that. And they wanted to have a new kind of experiment in China, tested out and ready to go to apply to the Western world. So there, I think China is an actor, or when I say China, I mean the, the deep state China, the CCP China, they're an actor in that and being used in that by these bigger royal elite cult member, whatever's the high levels, the people that basically run the money and the whole racket and have for a long time. Um, you know, there's, there's definitely levels to this. And then you have other actors that might be just trying to take advantage of it, you know, like a, a, some lions drag a gazelle down. And then you have some of these other lions come in or hyenas that want to feed off the leftovers. It's like, they're all seeing, Oh, America's under attack. Let's just go in there now. And you just start to wonder, holy crap, what are we looking at here? And then the other side of the coin is, is there help at the top? Do we have white hats? Do we have insiders? Do we have people that were ahead of them? Do we have, is there some kind of plan happening in the background? Um, so many questions to ask. I just go off the basis that I don't think that the bad guys are the only show in town. And at the very least, we have to start becoming proactive. People like you and I, people listening right now, we have to start asking ourselves, what can we do? We can't sit around and wait for saviors. We can't sit around and wait for that. We have to take action in the way that we can do it. I want to do it lawfully. I don't want to become the enemy. Um, I'm not calling for violence. I don't think that's the, that's the answer. Um, what do you think? We've been talking about this offline. I know neither of us have the full answer. But what are your thoughts right now in context of all these things of some basic, simple solutions that could be effective in helping us uh, reach more people and trying to find some solutions to all this shit? 
I mean, this has been the uh, the main question that has plagued myself and other people that are are, are interested in kind of salvaging this sinking ship. And, and this this has been because I really do believe if you just look at like the YouTube like to dislike ratio, I think that gives mm -hmm. you more of a realistic metric for uh, where people people kind of align and how they how they see things. I think a, the overwhelming majority of people uh, kind of see what's going on like this. Okay, this is ridiculous. But um, as long as they are not discomforted, as long as they've got their their couch where they can prop their feet up and have their Bud Light and watch their NFL and whatever, um, that it's not going to move the needle. Uh, it's mm -hmm. until you place them in extreme discomfort is the only time that they're really going to move. And that's the problem because even though they're, you know, quote unquote on our side or they're this, this silent majority, they're still silent and that's a problem. Mm -hmm. And it's really not until right at the precipice of danger, is it too late? And that's when they're going to take action. Well, it's too late. You, we kind of told you, you you needed to get up and, and do something. So we really got to stir this very large base. There, I, I really do believe there is a very, very large base. But um, I agree. too many of them are going along to get along, right? They're still just going to their, their nine to five job. And as long as, you know, they got food in the pantry and, you know, they're okay. They don't like what's going on, but they're 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 surviving. But what are you going to do when the lights turn out and the supply lines stop and no one's coming for you? You know, it's just you and the people around you, and you're going to start seeing the worst of humanity mm -hmm. coming out. You know, people that would have never done anything to you before, but they have a starving three-year-old, and they'll slit your throat if they if they have to you're going to see the worst of humanity. And, and I, I fear that this might be right around the corner, you know, that this animal is in its death throes now because it's, it's all starting to unravel. And I think they know that. And I think they're going to have to throw everything at the wall all at once to try to, you know, do whatever they can and then blame someone else. Oh, that, what? that wasn't us. That was a, uh, some crazy right wingers, white supremacists in, in Montana. You know, I mean, th that's the kind of yeah. nonsense bullshit that they would try to spin. It's not even believable. But the Hydra is, uh, I, I think that's coming. And so, uh, I mean, there's just got to be some kind of network. And it's really difficult because they hold all the big chips, right? They hold big tech. So they have all this, you know, Kind of surveillance. I mean, look what they're able to do with just Parler, just by agreeing. Okay, Apple and Samsung and this said that. Well, we're not going to host it, and that's all it took. Like, yeah. you don't need to necessarily like censor it, quote unquote, like by stopping it. Oh no, it's still it's still available, but you know, what's the point if it's not as you know? So there's there's clever it's not ways. About free speech. To do it. Yeah. yeah, and we're also going to have to start coming up with what. Right. So when, you know, the First Amendment was drafted, you know, it was it was really about government overreach and stopping people. We're going to have to. What does it mean anymore when it's, you know, these oligarchs like Facebook and and CNN, they're controlling the narrative. You know, this is a real problem. We're going to have to 
the Supreme Court's probably going to have to hear try cases, hear cases along those lines. Like, well, how far does it actually go? I mean, if we already have, uh, um, oh, what's it called? Uh, I well, you know, it. you know, Mike Lindell is. I don't know. He's out there saying that he thinks he's going to get some stuff into the Supreme Court over the elections. I don't, it's hard to trust any courts right now, as much as we'd all love this to play out in a court. Mm -hmm. um, have you heard anything about that? Or do you see any movement even locally? Like we have the, this police on guard for the organization. They've put, they've had 19 officers in their organization. I think they've over 500 police officers now in that organization. And mm -hmm. 19 of them signed on for an actual court case to sue the federal government and the provincial government for forcing police officers to violate their oath. There's these types of actions, but it's not quite there yet. We're not in the court yet. I don't know where it's at, but it seems like we've got Reiner Fulmich trying to push the Nuremberg two thing. Uh, he's saying he's weeks away from getting in front of a court. Um, you know, there's people trying, but I just feel like we, it, it really does need to become more overwhelming in terms of, uh, you know, yeah, average people, but we also need, we need more doctors and nurses out there on the pandemic side. We need more people, um, trying to get these things in front of, you know, judges or whatever. Uh, we need more whistleblowers coming out from everywhere. It just needs to become overwhelming so that no matter where they try to censor it and get it off the internet or get it off the, the airwaves, it's, it's just impossible to stop, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think you know the, you know these court cases. They take such a long time to flesh out. And um, I, I mean, I'm really happy that they 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 did that because that's going to give a lot of people a lot of people hope. It's going to give it's going to kind of bolster them. But they're going to have to really get informed. And there's got to be some kind of platform, some kind of network um, that's fairly secure, right? How do you do that when they hold all these big big main ships? And I mean, That's they'll the do whatever they can to, to, to silence it. But, um, that's kind of the, um, that's really the, uh, the salient question at the moment is, is how, how do we do this? Um, well, wasn't yeah. the revel wasn't the American revolution planned in the taverns <laughs> that they said yeah. the American revolution started wow. in the taverns. So like, where's the tavern? We just need a, like what I've been doing. My wife started it actually. I got to give her props. She was going to one of the local parks here with the kids and uh, she was just meeting parents in our community and just, she kept coming back and going, Dave, like I was super depressed thinking that everybody in our community was just bought into all this stuff wholesale, but there's a lot of people at the park. It was like 20 parents there with all their kids running around. Everybody was talking and, and then, and then everybody was coming up and talking about how this is all bullshit and everything. And now she's been going on a weekly basis and the group is growing bigger and bigger of all these parents that are coming. And I talk to people in the trades cause they're good people to talk to cause they're, you know, especially plumbers and stuff. They're going to people's houses to install and fix stuff. And they're talking to people and all the people around me are saying, yeah, most of the places I go, everybody's like, yeah, take your mask off. It's all bullshit. Don't worry about it. Or yeah, yeah, no, I don't buy into that stuff. And uh, you know, so I'm, what I'm trying to do is get into knowing who in my community is awake, at least to, to those levels. And then I'm lucky to live in a place where there's a lot of fishermen, a lot of ex-Navy, um, a lot of hunters, survivalists, a lot of hippies. They all live off the land, you know, 
uh, small farmers. They have chicken farms and stuff. And uh, you just try to get into your community and know that if power goes out or something crazy happens, know that you're not alone and try to keep that network alive. And then my next thing is I'm going to start getting into ham radios and stuff because, I mean, damn, if something happens with the grid or communication shutdown that takes place, how are we going to communicate? We got to start thinking old school right now. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and I'm really glad that, um, that your wife found that group. I mean, and obviously it grew very organically. And like I said, I I really do believe that the overwhelming majority of people are kind of like, you know, this is fucked up. This just doesn't make any sense. This is really going on. Yeah. Really, yeah, something, something's going on, but like they're kind of making us quiet and, and uh, the overwhelming majority of people, I, I, I really do believe that they kind of see what's going on, at least a little bit, not, not to the full extent, obviously not to the extent that they need to know, but um, I think they're on board. It's just a matter of what's going to be that push for them yeah. to really say, I can't just keep well, I can't just keep sitting on the sidelines anymore right, and watching this unfold. I I have to actually do something. And if everybody just you know did a small piece, just even even just a, a small contribution, I think it would go a long way. And um, but yeah, starting that dialogue is just so important. Like you know the the, the Green Dragoon Saloon in uh, in Boston. That's kind of where where it started. And uh, I mean, who could have ever imagined that? something that small and seemingly insignificant can just kind of spark a huge, a huge revolution. Um, and only 3%, uh, apparently 3% fought against the British, uh, and won. And then they used the tactics later to infiltrate all the institutions and take over the banks. But Hey, it was the, it was the start. Right. Um, right. and, and I look at it like that, you know, the 300 Spartans, the seven samurai, the, you know, like there's always these small groups of empowered individuals who are awake and aware, who are passionate, who are, uh, they believe in the spirit of freedom. They believe in, in, uh, in all these things that we've been talking about and they're just trying to do what they can to inspire others. And it, you don't need everybody. Uh, you just need a strong, committed group of people that are, uh, not going to go down without a fight and are willing to stand up for freedom. We were, I want to wrap this up here cause I don't want this to be too long so we can share this easily. Mm-hmm. What would be your message to any police officers? Let's speak specifically in your field, any police officers that might be listening to this right now who are maybe unsure what to do. Maybe they're just on the fence. Maybe they're awake, but they're, they're feeling alone. Um, or even to those police officers that you feel need to kind of snap out of it. What would be your message uh, to them? Obviously, it would be a message of solidarity. That I mean, I'm 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 with you. Um, I'm struggling the same ways that you are. I mean, you are definitely, definitely not alone. What you're seeing, no, you're not crazy. You're what you're seeing unfolding is really happening. Unfortunately, um, I can't speak whether you should stay, whether you should go. I mean, that's a decision that you're going to have to come up with, but whether you stay or whether you go, you can't just give it away for free. I've seen too many people just kind of resign and, and, and slink off into the sunset. Don't give it away for free. Make them pay. If, if they do this, be loud, be as loud as you possibly can. 
I mean, who's to say, who's to say you can't have some someone like Infowars? You call them up and say, hey, on this day and time, I'm going to quit, but I'm going to do it in the most spectacular way possible. And I just need you there to film it and to blow it up and have it go everywhere, have it go viral and just go crazy. They'll have 10,000 jobs waiting in your inbox that day. I mean, for some people, they, they're going to have to go big, you know, and do something, do something like that. Uh, but if you do stay, you're going to have to decide right now what your line in the sand is because it shouldn't be a pension. It shouldn't be even, even your family. Sometimes you're going to have to just kind of step out in faith and you are going to have to have a line in the sand and say, no, I cannot do this. And, you know, I'm legally unprotected, right? I can't violate the constitution nor nor you know why would i want to um so you got to stand up for yourself and know who you can trust and who you can't i guess that's uh the cliff note version <laughs> right there well i thank you for that i'm with you and i'll echo that statement uh we need real warriors to rise again and by warriors i'm talking about going back into our ancestry and understanding what real warriors do, what their function in society is. Every society needs warriors, those who will defend freedom, truth, and justice, and who have the spine to stand when nobody else will. That's what we need. We don't need people that are just on this for a job or a career or whatever else. We need warriors to stand up because everything's at stake. You, you, you know, you, you make compromises here and there because we understand the situation everybody's in, but what are we up against? We're up against the loss of everything it means to be a free sovereign being. We're up against losing our countries. We're up against losing our humanity. And so this is the time. This, there isn't a different time. This is the time. It's just a different kind of war. It's not an obvious, overt, symmetric war where there's an enemy over there and we need some people to suit up and go and defend our country. It's not like that. This war is right here in front of us right now. It's happening right now all around us. And so I've been putting out the warrior's call to people. I did a video. If there's any uh, police or military listening, I did a video uh, just for you to try to call you back to thinking about you know the real warrior tradition, the philosophy. What does it mean? What's the, what are the ethics? What are the morals involved with it? Who do you really serve? Do you serve a corrupt, captured government that is serving interests other than are in your best interest and the best interests of your family and your children and your country? Or are you serving truth, freedom, and justice? Are you serving the country that you live in, that you love? Are you serving your family and are you serving them the best way possible? Not just by providing a quick, easy income, but by providing a security of freedom for their future. That's the level we need. And we need that level of commitment. My level of commitment is, this is my weapon of choice, this microphone. I'm here to be peaceful. I don't want anybody to get violent or crazy, but I'm here to fight to the end by using the best weapon that I possibly have. And out there, if you're listening, what, 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 what's your weapon of choice? What can you do? What can you do? And I'm sure there's something you can do. Uh, CS, you're here doing what you can do. And I applaud you for it. And I appreciate it. And you have my support. And I'm so glad to have you in this fight. And there's so many others that I know will answer this call. But I just say, let's go back to the basics. 
Why did you become a police officer? Why did you join the military? Why did you become a doctor? Why did you get into the legal profession or into the government profession? Are, you know, what are you doing there other than to serve your fellow man? And if not, then I'm not talking to you. But we need to get back to that original reason why you got involved and activate that flame of the warrior that stands for truth, freedom, and justice. And that's how we can unite uh, together. And, and there's people that are civilian. There are people from all different sectors that are in this. And it's just going to get crazier. And so we need all hands on deck. So there's my call. Um, CS, if you got any closing statements, you go for it. Let people know again about your blog. And uh, we should, I don't know if you want to drop the, the link to uh, this private telegram group, or if you want to save that, uh, we're trying to figure out a way to do a better call to action where we can start some tavern discussions and, uh, and, and try to get to some solutions, but I'll give you the floor for closing remarks there, my friend. I uh, just wanted to thank you for having me on. I had a blast. Um, I hope this goes uh, further than both you and I expect. Uh, for anyone interested, it's, uh, you can go to centristservant.com. Um, I host it and I, I own the, the rights to it. And in terms of, uh, in terms of uh, what you were saying about the telegram, yeah, I mean, go ahead and speak more about that and maybe we can get that going. Absolutely. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pull it up and drop it in the chat. Uh, Pat, so here we go. Let me just get in get the right link. So if you go to telegram, go to t.me forward slash police Patriot coalition t.me forward slash police Patriot coalition. I'm going to drop it also in my telegram group. Um, I'll put it in there right now. I'll throw it in the chat. I'll be putting this in the video description. If you're watching this post live. Um, but if you go follow me at DW truth warrior on telegram, I'll put it there as well. Um, this I think is mainly going to be for in the beginning, people who are active or retired police. So if you're active or retired police, jump in there and we love to uh, have us all sharing some ideas. Um, we want to make sure you know you're not alone. And then uh, we're going to be building something out down the road that will open this up also more to the general public. And um, hopefully we can keep this going. But that's where we're at right now. Um, I also want to put a call out there. Last time I did a live Telegram chat, I had some amazing people in there sharing incredible ideas some people that are smarter than me with this stuff about how to create some really good decentralized communication systems and whatnot so that we can keep having these discussions without constantly being shut down. Um, so, you know, just hit me up on telegram. If you have any good ideas, I'd love to connect with you there. And, uh, I just want to thank you, uh, CS for your service and for coming out and having the bravery to speak, even though I know, you know, many others are not, um, and you have my support. I, I hope to see this thing grow and I want to see uh, the spirit of freedom come back. So thank you so much for joining me on the show. I hope it's not the last time. Let's do it again. If you ever get any updates or anything like that, you're more than welcome here anytime, brother. Absolutely. We'll be in touch. Sounds good. Awesome. Well, I'm going to let you go. Uh, just want to say a quick uh, thank you also to everybody who's been chiming in in the chat. Uh, as always, it's always so hard for me to look at the chat and talk to my guest all at once. So if I missed any really good comments, I'm going to go back and check them out. Um, thank you also on uh, DLive for some of you who've been throwing lemons at me. I'm finally figuring out how that stuff works. And also on the Foxhole with the new gold pill system. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Um, it's an honor to be here with you all. 
I really do believe I have some of the best listeners out there and I'm very grateful for all of you showing up. Um, the number one way you can support this show is to help me share this information. So if you got something out of this, uh, please share out this link. These are public. They're for you. So any of these public shows, you can download them. You can make clips of them, uh, put them out if you want. Um, I'm just trying to get the word out. So uh, I just really appreciate you guys showing up, sharing your voice, uh, sharing out these links and, um, and jumping on and supporting these alternative platforms. Please continue to support alternative citizen journalism. Uh, this is what we need. You know, these places like Foxhole and um, these alternative channels, they're very important. Uh, do your best to help support these people that are doing this work. It's not easy. And um, we all have to work together on this. So just a big thank you to everybody. And I got a lot more coming your way. Uh, Wednesday show, I'm going to be doing a follow-up um, with uh, one of my recent guests. We're going to be talking about uh, some of the amazing solution ideas that he has. So make sure you tune back in here on Wednesday. My show is live every Monday, Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern. And, uh, and once in a while, I go on surprise lives. And I got a lot more presentations coming your way as well. So thanks to everybody. We're going to cut it out there. And I hope to catch you guys next time. Cheers. <laughs>